You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hero Up Podcast. I'm I your am... host, Jim Simcoe. <laughs> and I, I'm Blake Eugene Bender. Oh, man. What a terrible name. Oh, God. Can you believe it? Actually, it's, it's actually kind of a cool name. There's a there's a gene who works out at our gym. Uh-huh. Or at your gym that I'm a member of, not our gym. Yeah. How presumptuous of me. <laughs> Very much so. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? You? You look like you're really ready to get after. Blake is like sitting up, like, I'm, like I'm, he's like bringing his A game today. My, I don't have my, my sunglasses. My A game is some people's C games though, so this we'll see. We'll this see how true. it goes. Today is all about how to master public speaking mm-hmm. without freaking out. This is the thing it seems that most people are deathly afraid of doing. Yeah. What's your feeling about that? Um, like everyone, like people like, would rather be in the box than actually speaking at the at the funeral i guess i guess it's yeah right it's uh i know i didn't make that up i actually read that somewhere i I like that though it's very it's it's a very accurate description of people's relationship with public speaking yeah um i don't know i think it it probably is just like the fear of being judged right like if you feel like people are sitting there staring at you they're looking up at the boogers that are in your nose and you're going to stumble over your words or feel like a ninny or something like that. Right. But I, I guess it's, it, do you think it is just like the fear of judgment? Is that like ultimately the the layer that, you know, you dig into? I think so. I think people just get so self-conscious about yeah. it. <clears throat> and I think people have such a high expectation of themselves when they go give a speech. And, and yeah. like, I think we should, we should all say like public, when we say public speaking, I'm not, we're not talking about just going in front of, you know, giving a speech on a stage or something like that. We're talking about all different aspects of it. Close that. This is, this is, we're now taking a break as we close the door. Wow. And Blake was able to talk while he was closing the door. That's closed. pretty impressive, dude. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, so I think it's one of those things where it's like, like if you give a speech at a wedding, if you're giving a work presentation, like all, these are all elements of public speaking. I actually think it's the number one skill you can have in your career is the ability to communicate, the ability to speak in public, you know, and when we say in public to more than one person at a yeah. time. Yeah, definitely. In my in my in my vast, you know, and super varied career, it's definitely been the thing that you just see people who are really bad at it yeah. and then people who are really good at it. Do you do you find that uh public speaking do you would you put under the umbrella like writing for a, a blog or yeah, like you and I are, are speaking on a podcast right now. I tend not yeah. to feel like nervous when I speak on a podcast. Because it's me. But if they're, yeah, you're so comforting and to look into your... <laughs> plus your we're, plus we're also hugging the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows this. That's why we don't film every, it anymore. Every episode, yeah. <laughs> Things got too real. Um, but like if you put a camera three, you know, two feet in front of my face or something like that, all of a sudden, like, I feel like I'm looking into the soul of a thousand, you know, people or something like that. And like, that makes me feel a little bit more anxious, but I I do feel like those are kind of the things where I, like, maybe I do need to, to like develop, cultivate the skill of getting more comfortable with that type of thing. Yeah. I would probably, you know, provide some value to me down the road. I think as you're becoming a, you know, this huge, uh, Instagram influencer, I think you're going to be, have to be comfortable. The the life of an, uh, an influencer is tough. It really is. It's saying into a camera on occasion. So far this week, we've seen you shirtless lifting. We've seen you shirtless with your dog at the beach Yeah, and we've seen you shirtless walking on rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's funny. It's so great. I I also posted one, uh, one photo with a shirt. Got the what? Few, fewest likes of the week. Get that, get that shit <laughs> all, out of there. All twenty-seven of them are. Oh, no, no, it's, no we're, only in, we're only in week one. Get you know, it's we'll check in, check in in six, I think in six months. Yeah, um, I know it sells. You know it sells. I think. But going back to the topic, I think public speaking 
is is you're I think you're right. Like when someone puts a camera on you, immediately you start thinking something different. I think also the minute someone goes on a stage, I mean I've I've been lucky enough to speak kind of like all over the country on a variety of different topics yeah. and and I've spoken in front of I think the most I've ever spoken in front of was like four thousand maybe, three thousand, something yeah, like yeah. that. And that is Maybe it was not. Excuse me. It wasn't that much. It was probably two thousand. Yeah. And it's it can be nerve wracking, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of go through the steps of how you can take that out. But I think I think there's I think people are so freaked out by it mm-hmm. that they avoid it. Um, but they avoid things like even being in a meeting with ten other people. Like they avoid speaking up. I, I think of you. I think of like you know like you guys when you coach anybody who coaches a small group. That's public speaking, mm-hmm. and you see it both ways. You see coaches like you who are able to command a room, keep everyone's attention, you know, nobody's talking, you know, people are focused. Better on, not be. Yeah, people are kind of Slap focused on what you're face. doing, right? But then you see other coaches, I've been in other other gyms, other CrossFit places, um, uh, where they're not able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel bad for them, and I see like what they're missing skill-wise, and then I see why the people in the back aren't paying attention, yeah. you know, because they're not holding their interest. And, and I really? think that that's, it's a travesty because I think those, some of those, a lot of times those people are so, they're so knowledgeable about what they're talking about, right, right. but they're but they're getting it's just lost in the message because yeah. they're not delivering it correctly. It's it's kind of funny as I I realize and just to reiterate your same point that like when you look at a, a different if you look at a career or somebody's livelihood or something like that at face value, um, you do of course have to have all the necessary skills. So you know like for what I do, you have to be knowledgeable on the different subjects that you're teaching in, so on and so forth. But there are a lot of skills that you don't necessarily learn about that some people are excellent in, some people are yeah. terrible in. And a lot of those things do, uh, like, you know, in public speaking being the example we're discussing, um, it's so pivotal that people are like comfortable communicating and are, are comfortable communicating across multiple different platforms, not only in person, but also via text message or via writing a, you know, writing a post for somebody to, to share with yeah. your community. And um, so just communication is like so vital. And uh, if you're lacking that confidence or, or like not able to step in a room and just feel totally in your element, right. um, then I think it really can hold you back in, in a major way and like getting, getting yeah. where you want to be. I would agree. And I think uh, along those lines, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this is, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky in that public speaking has never bothered me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I've been doing it since high school, whatever. Lots of every, everything else bothers me that yeah. probably doesn't, you know, like I can't stand snakes. Snakes freak me out. Elevators That's freak gonna me out. That's going to hold you back. That's yeah, going to hold you back. Yeah, these things are going to hold me back if I'm ever so in a room. You're probably going to look super sweaty on, on your next uh, uh, presentation that's- Probably that's, about snakes. Yeah, or about in snakes an ele- on, or in an elevator. Or, yeah, on, uh, on the 20th floor yeah. of the building. But like, so the, so it's interesting to me because it's something that's not like one of my things, but I, you know, in coaching other people or doing events, everyone, you know, like people, I'll, I'll get comments from people and they'll be like, oh God, you know, geez, how do you do that? You know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and it's like, not like I'm some big shit, but it's just like, I'm like, wow, I just don't, I don't have that gene that makes me freak out about it. So I, I'm curious as to why other people do it. So I started studying it and, and I think that again, people get so hyped up and they get so like just kind of out of their mind about it mm-hmm. that they, that they psych themselves out. So I wanted to break it down into some things that some things that they could do. And cause we've all seen kind of good speakers versus bad speakers. I mean, yeah. have you sure you've seen good speaker here on my side of the podcast, bad speaker on your side. We've all seen it, heard it really. Right. Cause we actually haven't seen it. Yeah. Cause we're not on camera. Yeah. That's it. I'm letting this hug go right now. <laughs> That's it. I'm not, I'm now, for me. I'm now releasing Blake from our hug. <laughs> um, 
so I totally threw off his. Uh, you did totally, <laughs> totally. Well, you know what it is? It's because I'm drinking a different iced tea today. Yeah, it's a little cold out. You're not chewing on mint like a I'm freak. Not, I'm not chewing on mint like my my usual like a freak. Anyway, so let's go through some just basic rules about public speaking, and I think mm. this is applicable again whether you're a CrossFit coach, you're in a corporate meeting, or you have to go out and give a speech, you're giving a toast at a wedding or whatever. Again, it's the number one thing you can do is communicate effectively in front of a group, mm -hmm. right? And I think, side note, I think back on the presentation that you and Eric did, not the last one, but the one previously, where you guys went up and we were talking about your past history and mm -hmm. you did that whole thing. And I think one of the, one of you guys actually teared up a little bit. During, oh yeah. During, I during have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the most impactful speeches I've ever seen. And I've seen tons and tons of people speak and I've, I've seen, but, and the reason it was so impactful is because you guys were telling a story, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's the first rule of all of this is that when you, when you are going to speak, you have to be able to tell a story. Yeah. So you have to look at it as like, I'm not going to give a speech. I'm not going to give a presentation. I'm giving a story. I'm telling a story. Mm -hmm. And so think of it from a story perspective as opposed to thinking about it um, from a tried and true presentation perspective. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to think about your goals. So what do you think the three goals of any speech would be? Any speech, any wedding, any coaching thing, anything. If you, there's, you can nail it down into three things. Three trying to hold up my three fingers here and I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Man, I, let's so, see. so just to be, to be clear, I was not prepared with this three things. Nope. The, the thing we did that. We did our usual presentation for <laughs> yeah. our usual prep work for our podcast. Um, uh, I texted this it, on the way. When down. it comes to public speaking, I would think, you know, having an idea as to what you're trying to communicate clearly is, uh, is up there. Whether that's what you have, is that, is that generally in the right direction? That is not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to just tell me what the three things are? Why don't are? I tell you the three things okay. are? So the three goals of any speech, uh -huh. you have to have at least one of these three. Okay. And that is to either inform, inspire, or entertain. Okay. Literally any of those three things. So let's talk let's talk about like when you're when you're leading a CrossFit class and yeah. you bring everyone over to the board, right? You're informing people about the workout, yeah. right? You're giving some instruction, you're telling some people like Oh, you know, some someone says I can't do a ring muscle up, and you're like, no, you got that. So you're inspiring them a little bit. No, I'm you're not also that. <laughs> and, and you probably more than anybody are entertaining when you're doing it. So you're actually doing all three of those mm. things. But really, any presentation comes down to those three things. You're either going to inform something about something about someone about something. You're going to try to you're trying to inspire them, or you're trying to entertain them. Mm -hmm. That's really it. If you think of any good story, they kind of all break down into that. So I was never going to get those three. You were never going to get those. I'm three. learning as. Tell me your favorite movie. My favorite movie is Goodwill Hunting because I know it's yours. Oh <laughs> man, my high guy. I got all. I got a bunch of feels all of a sudden. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so Goodwill Hunting. That whole story is all about. You know, they inform you about the characters, what's going on, it's got a bunch, you know, history. The ending is super inspiring because the guy goes to Stanford to get the girl. To see about a girl. To see about a girl. Yeah. And then it's also super entertaining, right? Yeah. So it's got all those elements. The best stories have all those elements. Sure. Um, tell me your worst movie. Worst movie. Worst movie. Tell me your worst movie, Jim. God, Jesus. <laughs> See, yeah, these questions are tough. Off yeah, the they cuff. really are tough off the cuff of the head. Uh, right, well, we'll come back to it. Okay. We'll just say the, <laughs> the worst movies don't have that shit. How yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so think of it as so when you're given a presentation, it's really Snakes about- Snakes on a plane. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Not entertaining at Sharknado. all. Sharknado. Yeah, not entertaining, not inspiring. Some, some people think it entertaining. And, and not 
like I wasn't informed by anything on that. Like it's because yeah, I wouldn't say you were informed that snakes on a plane is a terrible idea. It's a terrible for idea. A movie. Maybe that part. Maybe that part. But so that's the thing is like so tell a story. Don't think about this being something that where you're given a presentation. I think yeah. that's the first thing. Um, the other thing is to when you start thinking about telling a story, we all have the ability to tell a story. It's something that's been ingrained since you know since cavemen were around, mm-hmm. and that demystifies and takes the power and the and the fear out of giving a presentation because not everybody can give a presentation but anybody can tell a story yeah you yeah. can tell a story about you know what you did today what you ate and may may i comment on that because it's like please. certainly I, I feel like i've been talking forever so yes. i have feeling like you've been talking forever too probably lost my turn people uh i have certainly like been in multiple different public speaking settings mm-hmm. uh I always feel feel the most confident when I'm just kind of going off the cuff. Uh, I've been in positions like I've done, you know, best man speeches, for example, where I felt like I had to read like every other word and things like that. And, you know, you can I I feel as though I can be animated enough that it's not like too distracting from that. But I don't feel like it's as uh, good of a story as when you're just like literally in the, you know, just yeah, in the mode of storytelling and talking from the the heart and all that good stuff. Um, But I'm losing my train of thought. That is, uh, but I'm entranced by the story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, it just kind of gives you, gives you the the power. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm killing this point. We're killing this point to death, but that's the, that's the whole thing is like, tell a story. Don't give a presentation. Yeah. 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 The other thing is some body language stuff. Don't stand with your hands in your pockets, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's one, something if you're, whether you're in a meeting, you're on a stage or whatever, never stand with your hands. Don't chew gum. Don't chew gum. That's a good one. Don't slouch. Don't, it's another don't good one. Don't smoke cigarettes. That's also a good I thing for your I think not health. smoking cigarettes while you're giving a speech, yeah. especially don't if it's be, a speech on health. Don't be having a meal while you're speeching. Don't be ta- don't, don't be eating. Don't fart in front of anyone. Uh, These, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. So many advice. I don't say that word ever. That's not a word I ever no. allow myself. No, I can't say that word. Weird. Yeah, it's super weird, but I don't do it. Um, another thing is... People make this mistake all the fucking time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people speak and I'm, and I'm just blown away by it. They open with a joke. Mm-hmm. Why would you never open with a joke? You're because, a smart guy. Come on. Because tell then, me why. Because then it only goes down from there. No. Oh, what? You're, setting me, you're setting me up for failure. Man. I know. Like no, cool. what, why would another, what, why else would you not ever want to open the joke? Is everyone going to laugh at your joke? No, not everyone. Is are some people gonna think you're an idiot for telling a joke before they know anything about you? Most people are gonna think think be thinking that by the end of my presentation. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's the it's the it's the dumbest thing in the world. I've yeah. tried when I first started speaking, I tried a couple times to tell a joke. Yeah. To start, you think it, you it, it tell it failed for you? miserably for you more than for them. Like you telling it to try to like calm your own nerves. You think and get that first laugh out. No, of the way. no. I mean, any speech, any presentation you're doing. I think one of the biggest goals is you're trying to establish a connection with somebody in the first thirty seconds. Yeah. So they haven't seen you. Yeah, yeah. You walk out on stage. You walk into a meeting, and you're. They may not know anything about you or what you're talking about or whatever. But so you're you're trying to establish that likability. And that acceptance from the crowd. Mm-hmm. One of the easiest ways to do it, which that used to be like old school way to do it, would be to tell a joke. Yeah. You get people laughing. They think, you know, it's funny. Now they like you because you're the funny guy. Yeah. Right. It's the worst thing in the world you can do. Yeah. Because it usually bombs. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to get, think of the like the law of averages, right? So say you have a thousand people in the room. You tell a joke. 50% of them like it. That means 50% of them. That means 500 people think you're an idiot. Yeah. So don't do it. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the big things. That's like I'm my done number one. With jokes, I'll say yeah. it, I'll put it no more way. jokes and no more smiling. Yeah, no, that's, that's, no. But seriously, like telling a joke is better. I've done it where I've walked out, and if if you make like a self-deprecating joke, yeah, like a lot of times if I'm if I'm if if I've been on stage and I've got like slides and a and a uh, remote control to you know a clicker to do the slides behind me. Half the time I can never figure out the damn clicker. Like, and so like, I and I, and I'll say to people, sorry, you know, like you're here for an hour. I, it's going to take me like 20 minutes to figure out the clicker. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so if you make a self deprecating comment or whatever, I think that goes over better, but mm-hmm. never start with a joke. Um, here's another one. I think you do a very good job of this. And I Thank think you, I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And I think Eric does a really good job of this as well. Who's Eric? Uh, your business partner, oh, Eric, 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 Eric. EDP. My brother's name's Eric, you know? Is it really? Yeah. God, you have a lot of Eric's around you. A lot of Eric's in my life. A lot of Eric's. Um, And that's to know your crowd and to plan accordingly, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about whether you're coaching, going to a meeting is, you know, who are you talking to? Also, what time of day are you talking to them? Are you talking to them first thing in the morning when they're super like ready to get after it? Are you talking to them around lunch when they're eating? Are you talking to them later on in the afternoon when they've like worked all day and they're just kind of mentally checked out? Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing the audience and knowing when you're talking to them and what their what their goals are and why are they there. So if someone's coming to a CrossFit class or coming to a, a functional fitness class, excuse me, whatever, whatever, they their goal is to work out, learn the movements, and get on with their day, right? Perhaps, it, yeah. If that's like that, let's say that's the six sure. a six a.m. class, yeah. right? So being energetic, being very matter of fact at that at that moment is fantastic. For people who come at later on in the day, like me, four thirty, we've worked all day. Yeah. Like and so we're like mentally many times fried. Yeah. So we we can go like you know, we can take the you know, we can run a couple minutes late because we're not going back to work afterwards. Right, right. So there's a little bit more time to connect and get people ramped up to do the workout and like build their energies back up, which yeah. I think you do, you and Eric. Uh, and Lindsay and Laura all do a really good job yeah. of that. The kind of understanding. It's just it just comes down to like knowing who you're speaking to and like what yeah. do they what do they need in order to have that message communicated in that exactly. moment of time. And, and uh, if you think about it, not in terms of like what do you have to say, but more along the lines of like what what do they need to hear to to yes. receive that message. Um, you know, it definitely takes a level of like social awareness and like understanding the kind of mental state that they're yeah. in at the time, but I feel like a good communicator, they kind of have to have that. Yeah. And I think you you do a great job of that. And that's like, it's just like knowing the crowd, like yeah. where, you know, and planning accordingly. Yeah. Um, here's another thing. Public speaking wise, one of the easiest ways to demystify this and not be nervous about it is to practice your speech. Yeah. So I, I think this is probably one of the best things you can do when you are speaking is to, is to practice, practice it three times. I don't care how long it is, practice it, you know, so so that you know it because what invariably happens is you get on stage or you get in the room and your computer dies yeah. or your slides don't lo- load or you left your notes in a briefcase and, you know, you have nothing and then you're like, you're like panicking yeah. because you just have completely forgot about what you're talking about and you have an hour, you have to do it. This happened to me uh, a couple of years ago. I was giving a speech down at the, um, at a real estate thing, uh, on sustainable real estate. And I walk into the room and I give, I had given them my slides and I had, I think I had like 40 minutes to talk or something like that. And so I'm, I'm literally going up, like they're like putting the mic on me, the whole deal. And she's like, Oh, we can't get your slides to load. Yeah. And she's like, well, what, what, you know, what, 
going to have to try and get it done in the next, next like 15, 20 minutes. And yeah. I'm like, I'm supposed to be off the stage at three three thirty. Like, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. What am I supposed to do during that time? So I just, I just tried to wing it. And, and luckily I had practiced some of it. So I like, you know, I, I, I'm sure I fucked up some of it, but like I had practiced enough of it that it came off and I think it, you know, I did okay because I wasn't relying on my slides and I, and because I had practiced, I knew kind of knew the theme of what I was talking about. Um, and you brought up something earlier that I want to touch on is that, you know, if you're giving a speech, like a word by word speech, a word for word speech, it sounds so canned. Mm-hmm. And usually if you give it just kind of off the cuff and you cover general ideas, yeah. it always comes out better. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't you agree? Like when you've seen people? I do. And I, I was going to comment that, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, there's a famous speech, uh, maybe in the sixties or so, uh, by it's Dr. Martin, Lu- uh, Martin Luther King. I have a dream. I have a dream speech, yeah. uh, maybe the most famous speech ever, but yeah, I probably right. I remember, uh, hearing at, within the last couple of weeks that, uh, that speech, he was still like revising it, like as that he day. was like walking, walking on stage practically, like yeah. he was just, like, and the, the phrase, I have a dream, like came to him in the moment or whatever. Yeah. Was wasn't just, even in the speech. And yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. so how, how would you, how do you, would you respond in thinking that? Cause clearly like that's perhaps the most powerful speech in in the context of like the modern modern history oh without a doubt was that in the 60s yeah okay mm-hmm. and uh if he was still revising that maybe aspects or elements of it he had practiced but where is the what is the role for that like freestyle uh and incorporation of that yeah. versus like the practice of it that's a really good question that's a good maybe, question maybe he's somebody who's like just done so many speeches that he's so so skillful and so like practiced in yeah. the delivery that you get that freedom when you're at that level he was unbelievable i think in the speeches i've seen him he was just he was naturally good at it he's a preacher yeah so he's just naturally good okay. at it. very much like brock just like naturally good uh-huh speaker in front of groups. Um, I think it's a super personal thing. Um, my feeling on the practice is like, I know that when I've done it, I've practiced it. Every time I practice it, I'm revising literally up until I go up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every, every person's style is different. Right. So like my thing is I don't ever write it out. I have like bullet points with three, five words that of things that I want to cover during the speech. And I freestyle, probably 50% of it. Yeah. Yeah. My big thing is like, I think of it as like, okay, who am I speaking to? What message am I trying to deliver? Am I hitting those three things? Am I informing? Am I inspiring? You know, and am I, and I, am I entertaining? Yeah. You know, cause I want, I want people to leave wherever I'm talking. I want them to be like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was super cool. I similarly, but also a little bit different. I feel like I need more structure than yourself because my chaotic brain has so many thoughts that are like zooming past my brain left to right and right to left and all over the map that if I don't have a little bit more structure than it like then I'm I get too sidetracked on too many tangents and whatnot Mm -hmm. um and so it's helpful for me for me to have a a little bit more thorough of a an outline or like a little bit more robust of notes and and whatnot as it just seems to allow me to like stay on track with what I'm trying to like get across but then again like I literally am public speaking four hours a day, I'm five so days, five so days so a week to some capacity. Yeah. Uh, in which, you know, it's always just like freestyling and, and, yeah. you know, going with flow. The, um, one key you can do with some of that stuff is if you are following some type of outline is if you are speaking to a big group, like the times you guys have spoken in here, you can always have somebody in the back room, Jess or whoever, yeah. and give you keys so that you know, like, okay, you know, you're 10 minutes in and yeah, you yeah. know, like, you know, you've got 
three pages of notes and 10 minutes in, you should be halfway done with yeah, page yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I've done that before when, you know, just to make sure that, so kind of, because then it kind of gives you the freedom to go off on those tangents because mm-hmm. you've got somebody checking you at the back of the room. Other times, if you don't do that, you could be like, God, I just spoke for 45 minutes yeah. and I'm only on like second paragraph. Yeah. Um, I think the key is on that is to know who you are, right? To know that like, so it's really good that you know that that's could be something you need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I know that, I, you know, I work better without the outline. Like, so if I look at an outline of three pages of notes, all I'm going to do is get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to look at it and be like, oh, holy shit. Like yeah, that's yeah. too much. I need like five index cards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and have my example set and up. And you want, you want for the examples to be charades that the person giving you your keywords performs for you. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously. So I could stay in the moment. Yeah, correct. Um, the other thing about giving a speech that I think is really key to help you relax is to, um, think best and worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say, let's paint the picture. So, okay. Close you, my eyes. Close your eyes. Um, uh-huh. you're at, you're here, you're holding a big event. There's 50 people. They're expecting you to teach them on uh, some, something. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> so you're there. So you have to think about like, what is the best possible outcome? And then also what's the worst possible outcome? Yeah. So what's the, what's the, what's the best outcome briefly? Oh man, I, I crushed the speech. Every person wants to sign up for my gym membership. And, uh, somebody says, Hey, that was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. Let me buy your gym for a billion dollars. And I'm like, no, it's worth 5 billion. And then they buy it from me. Nice. Best possible case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? I have a heart attack on stage from uh, getting too anxious or probably a more realistic one is that the speech doesn't go that well and the people that are there who uh, I know and all and all that don't really think that much of it and that's about it. Did your wife leave you? Depends how bad that speech was, I guess. <laughs> probably not. Hopefully not. Do your dogs run away? Uh, they don't understand a word I say, so they don't. Do your, does your family shun you for the rest of your life? Not because of the speech. Do you lose all your money? Does somebody blow up your car? You yeah, see where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like, this is the, this, this is the thing. So thank you for sharing that. So the worst case scenario is really never really that bad. The yeah. worst thing that could probably happen to you in a, in a, in a public speaking um, engagement or whatever is that you look stupid. Yeah. Or you're embarrassed or you mess it up. Yeah, yeah. But like your, your significant other probably doesn't leave you. Yeah. You don't lose all your friends. You don't lose all your money. I know that the first couple of times I was speaking I think I was in Pittsburgh one time. Yeah, I, I think it was Pittsburgh. Somewhere in Pennsylvania, but I, I think it was Pittsburgh. Um, I was speaking and I had a really, like a 102 temperature. I was super sick, could barely talk. And I remember like walking up thinking like, I'm gonna fuck this up so bad because I'm so sick. I don't mm-hmm. even wanna be here. I just wanna go back to the hotel and lay down. Yeah. And as I was walking up and I started, you know, started talking and uh, my voice came back a little bit. I thought, I started thinking in my head, I was like, you know what? My wife and kids aren't here. Yeah. And if I mess this up, like, they're not going to care. Yeah. If anything, they're going to feel like compassion for me. They're not going to be like, they're not going to leave me. Like, my wife isn't going to leave me because of that. She's going to leave me for my tank top addiction addiction (laughs) and my 80s music maybe, but not that. So I think keeping in perspective what actually can happen to you if you bomb something, like what's the worst case scenario, just kind of like lightens lightens the pressure on you significantly. Um, The other thing I would say in doing that is to get there early and walk the room. Mm-hmm. This is something that I think that a lot of people don't do and I think that it's really important to do whether you're in a big 
you know, hall, you know, big hall with a big stage, um, or you're in a gym or you're in a meeting or whatever, be, be, get there early, be the first person there, walk the room, get used to the lighting, get used to like the stage, um, get used to the environment, have the chairs, like sit in the chairs. I used to do this is like sit in a couple different chairs in the audience to see what it looks like yeah. up on the stage. Um, I did a speech in Arizona, in Phoenix one time and I didn't do that. And, you know, I think, cause at the time I felt like, you know, I was hot shit. So I was like, oh, I don't need to do that. Why yeah, would yeah. I need to do that? And get on the stage, dude. It was a fucking rotating stage. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so as it is, I don't like motion as it is and yeah. get half motion sickness anyway. So you can picture me giving a speech as the stage is like rotating like this, like every like uh, 10 yeah, degrees every minute. Weird. It was super weird. And I don't think I did a good job. Quite yeah, yeah. But so it, again, that's something simple. Get there early, get the, get the feel of the room and understand, you know, what it's going to be like when you're there. It sounds like all, like several of the items that you're suggesting getting there early rehearsing beforehand is all about putting into context like what this actually means Mm -hmm. even the very idea like if you're getting if you're getting anxiety over something like this it's probably because you have placed way too much weight on the significance of this little moment and like the idea of being judged or even like looking like a fool or something like that like it it generally how much of a fool a can you really make of yourself if you're talking about you know you're talking about real estate i'm talking about working out or something right like there's there's not that much there is to to like you get the hiccups or something like that. Like, right. yeah, so what? Um, and so it's really making a, a mountain out of a molehill if you're like yep. getting severe anxiety in these situations where there are way bigger problems prob- most likely in your life than than this like next speech. And if you can like give yourself constant reminders like you're like you're doing that situation, like sitting in different chairs and getting an impression of like what is the person who's going to be listening to you going to be feeling like or what is their perspective going to be or practicing beforehand. Right. It just allows you to kind of like wrap your head around what this entire experience is like and and make it into more of a like a realistic expectation as to like how how appropriate it is for you to be um, anxious in this situation because yeah. it probably is appropriate for you to be like having have this like heightened oh definitely excitement definitely and, like you'd you know, be crazy not to you, it makes you more personable it makes you like probably sharper and quicker and things yeah. like that um, but it can be you know paralyzing if people get like too too deeply like into that stuff yeah totally and I think that you know the other thing about that is that we have to remember is that when you're going like, think of any time you've gone to see somebody speak mm-hmm. right. And whether it's you know, a workout thing or something else, like, would you say that you're rooting for the person, or are you walking in like actively oh, disliking hoping them? Hoping they bomb. Yeah, I, I mean, no, it, I, of course that's not my answer. If you're if you're going to a person and you know who's like speaking and all that stuff, and it's not like a a captive audience, like certainly like you're already going. You usually I'm I'm there because I wanted to hear what this person had to say. Right. Um. You know, unless it's like you know my my sister's graduation from something or other and I'm yeah. like I don't care but if about that, in that situation you're at least neutral yeah yeah and I, right? in that situation I'm just like get me out of this hot sun I don't like yeah you know I don't really care that much but nonetheless yeah. you're in a neutral position and it's you know it doesn't have that pressure and th- that's the thing is like I think that you know this keep in mind is like most of the people in the audience are rooting for you like they're rooting for you to be successful they're like open to you being successful and giving a good speech yeah they're, most people are not walking in saying god i hope this guy bombs yeah or i hope she sucks like i hope this is like the worst speech ever like they don't want to do that because then it's wasting their time do you think some people want that like ever i do i do <laughs> I, I think it i think it it it's happened to me like it's happened to me a couple times where i felt uh, and this is just another but you know kind of a tip but i um 
I'm not really going to go into it, but like, so if I give a, if I'm giving a speech and say there's, you know, a couple hundred people there, I try to make eye contact and I look for friendly faces. I look for friendly faces in the front. And what I mean by that is like, if I'm saying something, someone's like nodding, nodding yeah. along. Yes. Or they're smiling. I try to like talk to that person. And then I'll talk to someone in the back left who I see doing the same thing. Yeah. But invariably you will see people who've got like, you know, they're sitting like this and their legs are crossed and their arms are crossed and yeah. they're like looking at their watch or staring at their phone. Yeah. And I look at them and I'm like, what I, I think two things, I think, well, I lost that guy and that's fine. And also what he's doing is super disrespectful. Like, I don't do that. Like, why is someone doing that to me? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't give me, you know, you're in there. If nothing else, you could give me the courtesy of listening to what I have to say. Yeah, It hasn't happened too, too often. Usually you can find more friendly physics. I think most people are rooting for you when you're going to give a speech. They're not looking to vilify you and, and hammer you for, you know, for what you're doing. Yeah. So I think that's the key. Last thing I would say, and then, um, and then we're going to say goodbye to the podcast, but I do want to talk about basketball. Okay. I think that's going <laughs> to be important. <laughs> but um, uh, last thing I would say is like, when you're given a speech is to be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, so the way I present versus the way you would present, it's totally different. Mine's probably way better. Yours is way I worse. I would say different. I would say different. <laughs> no, yours, maybe yours is better. But no, seriously, like, it's, like, it's like, be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Because I think that like, you know, the way, you know, EDP might get, present versus how you might present they're just different gotta be you yeah what do you think about that yeah i mean i think if you're trying to present in a way that somebody else like because you think this is the the style but that kind of just conflicts with your personality and whatnot then you're going to be probably in a position where it doesn't come across as authentic or you yeah you feel like you're uh shit that's actually what i was going for more than anything blake Blake stole it uh let's just for the record let's say blake was staring at my notes even though i don't have the right now yeah but being authentic that's the key yeah yeah when you're talking that was really nice (laughs) um i got nothing else you have anything else did you want to talk about basketball we do but so yes so anyway so this is the end of the podcast Check out Blake on Instagram at Blake Bender. And, Blake uh, dot Bender. Blake dot There's Bender. a lot of Blake Benders out there, evidently. There's a lot of Blake Benders out yeah. there. And then I started a new one too, Jim Simcoe Coaching. I don't know what's going to happen. I have 12 followers right now. Nice. It's pretty swell. I'm one you're, of those you're, you're one of the 12. Your wife is another one of those 12, yeah. I assume. Yeah, she sure is. Love is, that woman. She's so great. Blasting off. Um, but thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm going to, I'm actually going to, on this one, I'm going to put a bunch of show notes Yeah. because this is kind of a longer topic, but I'll give some other insight. And if anyone has any questions, by all means, uh, email us. Um, and thank you, Aaron and Julia and Joe, who wanted this topic to be one of the topics we talked about on the podcast. Aaron, Julia, and Joe. I yeah. know them, I think. Yeah. I know the triplets. A- Aaron, the Julia, triplets. And Joe. I love them. Cool. Um, Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. And now, basketball. Yeah. Playoffs. What do you think? Let's do, give me two. Give me two no, minutes have, on basketball right now. I have no skin in the game. First of all, I know. And why is that? Uh, this, is, this is the part that everyone because <laughs> basketball is a dumb sport, and I'm not <laughs> not <interested>. it. <laughs> uh, who, do you, my, who are you a fan of? My king. My kings have not been in the playoff in a league record. I don't know, 15 years or so. That's the Sacramento Kings. And, yes. I, and I have watched. I have watched every one of these debilitating, terrible seasons. And this was the most enjoyable in the last 15 years. And we still didn't make the playoffs. Pretty good season. Um, but uh, it's because we're in the Western Conference. And if we were in the Eastern Conference, we'd be like the third well, seed above the Celtics. Wouldn't it be playing all this shitty competition? Wouldn't. It's not because you're in the Western Conference. It's because you guys don't win enough games to make the playoffs. Well, I know, but we'd win a lot more games if we were playing with the in- inferior competition sure. in the in the Eastern Conference. And, it, and I think I think if I was seven feet tall, I would be in the NBA too. So yeah, there's a lot. I don't of think it. you would be. <laughs> <laughs> you play probably not. Uh, what do you think about Luke Walton as a coach? 
Uh, Luke Walton, who's recently hired as the Kings coach, I'd say doesn't matter one way or the other to me. He said he's going to shoot a lot of threes, which I'm looking forward to. Maybe that translates into more wins, but I don't know. How much does coaching really matter in the NBA? Like basketball, the I best, think it does at all. The best, do you? The, the best, ah. I mean, it might it might be the difference of a few wins a season or something like that, but like ultimately, doesn't talent win out? Like, there's a reason that the Celt or the Celtics are mediocre and the uh, they're the not Warriors, mediocre. First of all, the they're in the playoffs. Are, the Warriors are, uh, you know, they're easy, the fourth ranked team in the East in the Eastern Division. Yeah, so not so good. So what do you? So you don't think so, Brad Stevens? So Brad, if you, if you took Brad Stevens and swapped him with um, Luke Walton, yeah, do you think the Celtics you, win the same amount of games? Do you think it's you think it's different? I think it's a coin flip because like one one strategy of a team is going to, uh, you know, maybe influence the likelihood by a small amount, like maybe okay. that gives you 10 percent. But even so, like most ga- most games aren't aren't won or lost by two points and like tiny little coaching decisions. Most games have like bigger. Yeah, that's and that, things like that. I don't know. But that's a good point. Who knows? So who do, you think, who do you think wins the championship this year? Uh, I assume Warriors. I think Houston's the only one with a real shot. Who do you really think comes hope- out of the East? Uh, so, get, so you got I'm Toronto, go, Milwaukee, Celtics. Yeah, Philly. I'm going to go Toronto, I think. Yeah, I Maybe, think so too. I kind of hope Milwaukee, just because like small market team. Celtics are going to... So here's what I think what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Celtics are going to take care of Indiana, yeah. which means they're going to get matched up with Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee is has been the best team all year. But they cannot beat the Celtics. They just can't do it. What is the what is the record on the season between Celtics and I think they lost all four. Really? Yeah, I wow. think so. And do you know why? Because Giannis, Gianna Katempo, however the hell he says. How do you nice. say his name? Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Antetokounmpo to you too. <laughs> <laughs> he played or Halford, the guy on our our team. Yeah, dreamy eyes. Man, that guy's gorgeous. He's eyes. he's a gorgeous <laughs> eyes. Gorgeous, gorgeous Al. For whatever reason, has Giannis's number. Yeah. So it's kind of like another basketball situation. I'm sure you could think of where like one guy just wins all the time with his team, despite and he, and he, despite despite the physically superior. Despite, well, I mean, it comes down to wins and losses, right? Like, so even if the one guy is physically superior, but he it, can't beat the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's like this just kinda, sometimes you know. it's all it's the teammates that matter, though. <laughs> For any of you who know, we're actually talking about our basketballs. Can we, you know, we've actually never really talked about this on the podcast. Let's talk about that. Maybe we shouldn't. Let, let's talk about it right now. So we have one more minute, and then I can go warm up for class. Let's talk about it. So we play basketball. Twice. We play basketball on two different occasions. Yeah. But we've played multiple games on each one of those occasions. The, the deal is that yeah, every- Tell everyone the deal. So the deal is that every time we come into these games, Jim gets the first draft pick. He inevitably gets the best player or players, and well, you're saying it wrong though because the two best players are you and Eric DePaula. Usually not the case. I mean, always the case. It's you and Eric DePaula, the two best. Thank you for saying. And you that. can't be on the same team, and uh, and you and I can't be on the same team because you you and I can't be the, on the same team because who am I going to talk shit to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we're bitter, bitter rivals. The same way like Luke Skywalker and, can, and Darth Vader are not on the same team. <laughs> Uh, and I can only make layups. I can't make anything out of five outside of five feet. This is true. Jake, uh, Jake, Blake, though, can jump like five feet in the air. You are like which a is, human, which spring. is helpful, which is helpful within five, five feet. But outside of that, it doesn't. It's kind of useless anywhere else. It is. Like, it is. Unless you are like a professional parkour guy. Yeah, it's kind of useless anywhere totally. else. Totally. Yeah. All right. Anything else about basketball? Uh, I just want a rematch. And we're gonna play uh, soon. We'll Let's play soon. Yeah, sh- uh, your shoulder's getting better. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we're playing one on one this time though. We're not playing one on one. We're definitely. Well, hold on. We play one on one. I want odds. 
What? Oh, what? I want odds. I want I want some type of advantage. I'm older than you. I'm like 30 years older. Remember than you. the time we played 20, really? We played soccer. It was Jim oh, versus me <laughs> versus my dog Barkley <laughs> and Jim. It was, was in, horrible. Jim was in last place. <laughs> all, to my th- dog. all three times. And my dog didn't know he was playing a game. The best part about this for 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 the one person who's actually still listening to this podcast <laughs> right now is that when we played soccer. The score we played to seven, and this Blake would be up six to one, and I would say, "All right, we're switching the score six to zero. How yeah. dare you say you scored? Yeah. <laughs> Don't insult me. We would switch the score, and then Blake would then still win, and then and then win six, six to. It's very disheartening to lose to somebody like this. It's, it's. I mean, to give you a little context, though, I played soccer in college, and you learned about soccer when uh, I said, "Hey, you want to play one on one on one? You, me, and yes. Barkley." Do you know how many times I've actually played in a soccer game in my life? I assume take zero. a guess. Yes. Yeah. I think I've been on a soccer field once before, not including in here. Because you were playing like flag football on a soccer field? Playing football, softball, baseball, and lacrosse. Well, lacrosse. Lacrosse is the same season as soccer, so I never. And honestly, I could never, as much as fun as I make of you being uh, playing soccer, I could never do the, like the, whatever you call it, like kicking the ball and running with it. Kicking, yeah. What is it called? Dribbling. Dribbling, dribbling, (laughs) yes. I could not do that. Dribbling. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, Okay, I feel like we've bored everybody to death right now, right? (laughs) Thank you, one, whatever Uh, listener we have left. Yeah, bye. Good to uh, be talking to you, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone. This is Blake and Jim. This is Blake saying goodbye. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at heroupmedia.com, heroupmedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.